Today, a heartbreaking viral video shows an abandoned 10-year-old migrant boy found crying in the middle of the Texas desert. Arkansas is the first state to ban transgender surgery for minors, though the Senate had to overturn the governor's veto to do so. And United Airlines says it wants 50 percent of their pilots to be women or people of color. We've got all that and a lot more coming up, and it starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I'm Hillary Kennedy back at the table filling in for Sarah Gonzalez. I'm excited to be back for lots of reasons, but one of them being I've got two of the coolest guests at the table today, starting with Mr. Jason Buttrell, one of my favorites, head writer, chief researcher for Glenn Beck. Good to see you again. You too. Thank you. And then I just met Jill Savage. You're a former sports reporter and just all around great, wonderful girl. Thank you. Happy born to be here again. Born and raised in Iowa. Yeah, we're glad to have you back. All right, so I was talking to Jill beforehand. We, we are starting the show with something that is going to take you on an emotional roller coaster. This story, it, it's really hard to watch. It's the U.S. Border Patrol. They've released this video taken by an agent who was approached by an abandoned 10-year-old migrant boy. Um, he was in the Texas desert near the U.S.-Mexico border, and we've got a clip. Take a look. it hurts your heart i mean it just it uh it, it was hard to watch i want to get your thoughts on the video first before we talk about some of the details but what are your initial thoughts just seeing that Jill? when you see that in in this is the news and why it matters that's why the situation on the border matters because we've seen the the guys you know the gorillas that are bringing them across the the border they don't have any any nurturing characteristics about them they don't care they get the money they bring the kids over and then this child at 10 years old is left overnight the story said that he was out there with rattlesnakes and whatnot this story ended up well where a border patrol agent found him but there's going to be how many of these same instances where they don't have that fortunate outcome of, of somebody actually coming up and finding them. Yeah, what about you, Jason? I saw, I think, the, the date of this, I think it was around April 1st, April 2nd, something like that, and that was right when they also got the video of them throwing the two sisters over the wall. Mm -hmm. um, these uh, human traffickers don't care. Uh, so I'll say this, they don't give a crap like the Biden administration doesn't get a, give a crap about these people. Um, they're working directly with cartels. Um, organized crime. Uh, I, I can't even, I mean, th this is sad. It gets even more sad when you really look into what happens. Um, I think it was like, was it like eight out of 10 women are raped uh, while making this journey as well, like sp specifically when, when they're about to get, you know, cross the border. Um, these are very, very bad people. Uh, and yeah, the, the Biden administration doesn't, doesn't care about this. They, they continue to make that issue 
probably if, if it wasn't for Russia, it would be their number one issue was the wall, what Trump was doing for immigration, all that stuff, even though record amounts of um, uh, people were getting turned away. Um, this was getting better. Everything it doesn't, it doesn't matter who you ask, the people that are actually doing actual journalism and they're going across the border and saying, hey, why did you decide to come down? They said, well, because Biden, you know, made it pretty clear that we were going to be able to come across and we're going to be able to live in the United States. That's it. I mean, there's no, there's no other way to look at it. So they enabled the situation to happen. They were enabling the bad people to get even more rich. Uh, the last time I looked, it was the money that the cartels are making on, you know, extorting these people and, and helping them get across the border is rivaling what they're making in drug money today. It's absolutely insane. This is going to get worse. It's going to get worse. It's absolutely on the Biden administration. I saw today that he said that uh, we can't afford to do nothing on, uh, on infrastructure. So they're really pushing home the infrastructure mm -hmm. plan. Well, you're doing nothing on the border. It is a crisis, and they better get moving. Right. Well, as Jill mentioned, the boy did survive, thankfully. Uh, the agent did take the child into his vehicle, get him to safety. But he had survived throughout the night in an area of the desert where there are wild animals and rattlesnakes. Um, the Border Patrol Chief Brian Hastings, he shared the video with CNN to underscore the concern over the danger associated with the increase in unaccompanied children. He said migrant families are self-separating in Mexico, sending those children alone to cross into mm -hmm. the U.S. after having first been expelled. It, what can the, the Biden administration do to stop it? What do you think they can start doing today, right now, or do you think it's too late? Well, I think they have to address it. Right. You, you can't just go on and pretend like nothing is really happening down there. Right. He, he put Kamala Harris in charge of the border and she hasn't done anything yet. There has been no statement of guys, stop coming over. We can't take any more. Please stay where you are, because it is heartbreaking when you see that this family decided that this was their best course of action. This was the best thing that they could do for their family was to send this 10 year old boy with a bunch of strangers across the border until the Biden administration tar starts to take this seriously, we're, we're going to continue to see this because people are going to say, I need to get my kids over there. They're not turning them away. And if they ever do grant amnesty, I need my kid to already be in the United States. Mm -hmm. We've already got, I think in Dallas, Texas, at our convention center, we have about 2,300 um, unaccompanied, I think 13 to 17 year old male um, children that are there. And they've been there for, I think since mid-March. So the policy and they, they came over just like this little boy, you know, with a group or on, on their own. But just like you mentioned, they were self they were they were separating on purpose because they know the policy right now is that they hold them there until they can figure out where to ship them off in the United States. Now, the people that are doing this are not stupid. They've got um, well, actually, there are they are kind of being stupid if they're doing this to their kids. But um, they have a plan and they know that mm -hmm. they've got relatives that are in Chicago or New York or whatever. And they know that if they give the, you know, the telephone number and the name, all the, you know, uh, FEMA and HHS, they will contact them and then they'll get shipped over to where their families are. That's what happens. Um, then they kind of play the waiting game. Chain migration takes effect eventually. And then you have multiple, multiple, multiple people coming over and they're using their little kids to do this. Um, it's absolutely ridiculous. So the first thing that I would do is you, they have to make it clear that the policy is not to take them, hold them for a while and put them in other parts of the United States. The policy should be, well, yeah, we're still going to hold them, but we're going to look to get them back to you mm -hmm. because we're not going to continue to do this and enable this anymore. Um, the second thing they got to do is they have to address something we were talking about Jill, uh, last week is they've got to make uh, legal migration easier. 
right? But but they won't do that because that would mean they actually have a heart and they give a crap about immigrants, which they don't. They use them as a tool. But if they made legal immigration easier, um, if they were able to apply for citizenship from consulates in, in their uh, in their um, own countries. Um, and they weren't stupid, like, and I've told this story a million times, but my father-in-law was, a, um, was an immigrant from Mexico. And uh, he spent, I think, 10 years, thousands and thousands of dollars with a lawyer. Everything was legal. That is insane. So if you have any sane person is looking at that, they're like, I'm not, I can't afford that. I'm not going to do that. That's, what are you talking, I just want to go and work. Make it easier for these people. They're the ones that we want to come over. They want to get a job. They want to be, you know, they want to pay taxes. They want to be a member of society. Make it easier for them so they don't have to do this. It's so true. It's, I have a couple of friends, uh, one from Canada, a couple from Mexico, and they said the exact same thing, that it took forever. Ridiculous. It was incredibly expensive and difficult. And that's why these kinds of things make them so upset because mm-hmm. they're like, I, I jumped through all the hoops. I did everything right. And we've got people that are risking their lives and putting their children's lives at risk for this. And if I can, this is this is why you know the, the right has lost the culture on this because the left very craftily were able to say that we don't have a heart on this, and then oh they're, they're the ones that have the huge hearts because we they just want them to come in. Mm-hmm. No, they don't. They want to use it as political leverage. If anyone on any side actually cared, they'd address immigration reform right at the at the foundation. Make it easier. Make it more. Make it make more sense, and not be such so difficult. That's right. all they have to do. Cutting through bureaucratic red tape, though, is a lot harder than than they want it to be. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, this is interesting. Uh, the Department of Homeland Security is reportedly considering restarting some border wall construction, <laughs> since this crisis seems to just keep escalating. So Biden's Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas is now opening open to starting up construction again on some sections of former President Trump's border wall, something that Biden was completely against while he was on the campaign trail, because on his first day in office, Biden ordered all the construction to cease. But Mayorkas said Customs and Border Protection officials had submitted a plan for the construction moving forward. So... Did you see this coming? No, no. I yeah. I assumed that they'd pretty much do everything the Trump administration was doing. I didn't. I actually, I didn't think they'd jump on the wall so fast. But it's the obvious thing that's needed, you know, in this case. Which it's so ridiculous that Joe Biden's, you know, it was all a show. Remember, like right when he was inaugurated, he went straight to the Oval Office and he wanted to be seen as the guy undoing everything Trump did. The wall was part of it. All the immigration stuff was part. Of it. it was a show. Now look what that show has, has what, the, what it's done for us, to us. The, yeah. the only thing he was concerned with was just making it look like he was the guy that undid everything the bad orange guy did. It's only <laughs> early April. This didn't last yeah. very long. Yeah. Like we, you didn't get the, the real big you know, oomph that you wanted out of undoing all of the Trump things because we're back here so quickly. I don't think that they anticipated being here. Maybe, maybe over the summer, maybe come fall, but in April where we are right now yeah. for this to already be the story that it is front and center and to to be the crisis that it's at. Um, And we know walls work. You know why? Because they're around D.C. right now, around all of our politicians. So it's a great point. You get to see them when when they're trying to save themselves. But on the southern border, uh, you know, the the politics of that look a little different. And and they want all those political points. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, Jill, you mentioned this a little bit earlier about Kamala Harris. Where has she been on this? Uh, she's gone 14 days, actually, without any news conference since she's been tapped for her role in the border crisis. So she's been avoiding this U.S.-Mexico visit, even though she was in Southern California over Easter weekend. 
So she was right in that backyard. She had time to be at her Los Angeles area home where she baked a beautiful pork roast and made rice and peas I bet she did. for the I holiday. Bet she, did. Uh, she was in Oakland to help promote Biden's infrastructure plan and visit some local businesses. She threw some support for uh, Governor Gavin Newsom while she was there. But oddly enough, she did not have time to go down to the border. So do you actually think Harris will be able to fix anything with the border crisis? If she hasn't done anything yet, I think that, one, it's something that she just doesn't want to address yet. I think that she's going to see how this plays out in the next few weeks. But Joe Biden didn't give a press conference for how long? Why should she have to <laughs> go go take on the crisis of all crises right now in, in the southern border? If, if he could get away with it, then I think, you know, she might be doing some of the same. But mm -hmm. when you look at it, I thought this was one of those situations where, you know, like she was writing on the note card, like, I will be taking over this and like <laughs> slipping it over to Joe. <laughs> I don't think that's true anymore with the reaction that she had. Mm -hmm. you, you did see the, the branding of the Biden-Harris administration and giving her a lot of that political clout, uh, you know, on their Twitter profile, everywhere that, that they are. I, I just don't know. You know, she was busy remodeling her VP house that she was going to be moving into. Mm -hmm. So maybe she was a little bit busy over there. But <laughs> I thought she would take this on and, and try and become the leader for, for what I think we all kind of think is coming. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think she can't because what, you know, they were preaching that they were, they were the morality police when it comes to immigration. Now, well, I mean, they've always realized this, but now they're, you know, they got a problem because they're like, how do we sell to the American public that what we're going to do is any different from what Trump did? Spoiler alert, there's not going to be a single bit of difference. They're, they're both going to have to do the same thing. Uh, Obama was the deporter in chief. Uh, they did call him that, but did hardly call them out at all for putting kids in cages and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. What else are you going to do? They're going to have to do the same thing. There's no way that they can morality themselves out of this. Um, I did see when they, they announced her, they said that the, she was going to focus on, what was it, the root causes right. um, in the countries where they leave. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but that is not our problem. The root causes of El Salvador and their gang problems or the, you know, or the fact that their economy sucks is not our problem. That is their problem. So if she's going to spend all of her time in that Southern Triangle with those Guatemala, mm -hmm. you know, all those countries, um, that's not going to fix anything here. It's not. Because if we keep incentivizing them to come down here, I mean, they're going to they're going to try to continue to do these things. They're going to continue to enable the situation that has little kids, you know, stuck out in the Texas desert. Uh, mm -hmm. she, needs, she needs to get her butt down to the border is what she needs to do. She needs to talk to the ranchers that, you know, that, that uh, their, li their livelihoods are completely upended right now. They're mm -hmm. the ones in danger. Uh, and yeah, they need to finish the wall. I mean, it's, I know they wanted to score points with the wall and say it's racist, which they did say it was racist. They're now, I guess, building that racist wall. But <laughs> anyway, uh, those are the things she should be doing. But I think that she's going to continue to kind of like that Homer Simpson meme, you know, where he comes she back just into keeps the going back and yeah. back into yeah. the, exactly the tree. As long as she's thinking about those root causes while she's making her pork roast, pork roast we can all rest easy, right? <laughs> all right, so we got to go to break. First, we want to thank our sponsor, Keeves. You know, you've got a million reasons to be stressed out these days, right? Stressing out about your male pattern baldness and receding hairline, that doesn't have to be one of them. The good news is that Keeps can help because Keeps offers the same doctor-recommended, FDA-approved hair loss treatment, but they are the generic version, so you only pay about half the cost, and it is a great deal. And one more thing that you're going to love about Keeps, you can do everything online. You answer a few easy questions, you snap a few pics of your hair, and a licensed doctor will review your info and then recommend the right hair loss treatment for you. 
then it's just shipped to your door. So why make trips to the doctor and the drugstore when you can do it all online from your couch? I love that. So let's get you started with a special discount. Go to keeps.com slash why for 50% off your first order of hair loss treatments. That's keeps.com slash why. Keeps.com slash why. We'll be back in just a minute. Arkansas becomes the first state to ban transgender surgeries and treatments for minors after the Senate overturns the governor's veto. So the Arkansas state legislature, they voted Tuesday to overturn a veto by Governor Asa Hutchinson of a bill banning transgender surgeries and these treatments for people under the age of 18. They voted 25 to 8 to reject the governor's veto after the state house voted 72 to 25 to approve the bill. A majority in both chambers was needed to override the veto. Both are controlled by Republican majorities. And Hutchison justified his veto by saying the, the bill was far too expansive. I'll give you some background. Under the bill, physicians are banned from giving gender-confirming hormone treatment, puberty blockers, or surgery to those younger than 18. It also restricts doctors from giving recommendations to other providers for these treatments. So, Jason, I want to start with you. What are your thoughts on this? <laughs> I can't even believe this is a conversation nowadays. It's just, it's just insane. I will, I will preface what I'm about to say with um, Republicans, conservatives, libertarians, we all need to shape up really, really fast. Um, the arguments you're having don't mean jack right now. Um, they're like old men, you know, looking like the Muppets old men up in D.C. You know, stuff like that. Like, no, okay, yeah. I'm a I'm libertarian light, so yes, I'm all for tax cuts, you know, all that. Um, but this right here is one of the, the biggest issues in the country right now. We are completely losing the culture and soul of this country. Um, come on. Uh, prescribing, I mean, they're talking about chemical castration is what mm -hmm. they're talking about. How is that even a, a thing? Um, the governor was on Tucker Carlson, was that yesterday? Last, last, last night, night, right? Mm -hmm. Like last night. And he was making, a, I mean, you have to watch it. It's all over the place right now, but you have to watch it. Tucker completely annihilates this dude. And I was, I, I was just, I was eating popcorn watching it. It was so great. <laughs> I was right there with you. Oh my gosh. It was so good. Dude, um, but he was making the case. He actually was making the case that he was a limited government guy, right? So he was like, I'm limited government, so I'm not gonna, I don't think the government should step in. Okay, this is another huge issue. Why the GOP, GOP today sucks. It sucks. Because how can you explain limited government when you clearly don't even know the role of the government in the first place, right? And again, I'm libertarian light, so I don't think the government has much of a role at all anyway. But what I do think they do is, I mean, national defense, uh, obviously, like, setting international trade, stuff like that, the courts, you know, uh, you know, constitutional law, stuff like that. Even though it's kind of dampened a little bit, even with law, for, you know, down to states and county and local. But um, that's pretty much about it. But what they do have a mandate to do is the protect, protection of people that can't protect themselves. Mm -hmm. um, I, little children like this uh, that are about to get puberty blockers and chemically castrated, that's when the government can step in and say, no, I'm sorry, we are, we are stepping in and taking care of and we're protecting this child. Um, you cannot, if you're going to make a limited government case here, you need to limit your butt right out of the conversation and just get the heck out. He is the reason why. We got Trump in the first place, yeah. really. If, 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 if you supported Trump, but you didn't like him, you know, because you thought he was a little bit too brash, this is why, right? This is going to happen more. I just saw there was the governor of North Las Vegas was a Democrat. Yes. He just switched over. Do you think he's going to start, you know, making conservative policies all of a sudden in his town? No, because we have guys like him, like all these people. They're not conservative. They're not going to do what conservatives want. The Overton window is sliding further and further to the left, further and further. And if we don't start attacking these cultural issues mm -hmm. head on, we're done. 
but Jason, he said that he was invoking Reagan. So as, I, as long as you say that. I lost it right there. I'm going to lie. And you're a Republican governor in the South. Like, hey, everything oh should be good, guys. I said Reagan. Yeah, yeah, hey, hey, hey. Uh, Reagan, don't, Reagan. Don't, don't look at me. <laughs> but then you look and you dive in deeper. And, and to your point of chemical castration for, for minors, it's one of those things that you don't let kids smoke, drink, vote, get tattoos. They can't do anything themselves, but you are telling them that under 18, at, at whatever age, as long as your parent says okay and you find a willing doctor, you can stop and change your life forever. Um, I know Amazon took down one of those books um, about transgenderism, mm -hmm. and it wasn't even a hit piece on it. It was just kind of laying out the facts, and, and in that book it said, some of those specific cases where kids went through and, and had some of these chemical blockers and, and went through with the surgery and they regretted it later in life. I think that this is still a very new topic in, in a lot of conversation. I think we have to let this go a little bit longer to see if kids that have already had this, what does their life look like mm -hmm. in five or 10 years? Is this something that it, there is even a defensible case to allow this because in, in my position it's not right but if, if you're going to have this conversation as a whole we need some more background mm. bef before you you can even go out and just say this needs to be a law where we're going to demand that you do this in our state well there's uh, oh, go ahead I, I was just saying i talked to a military recruiter especially because it was like last week where the pentagon finally you know got rid of those restrictions um, transgender in the military and I was talking to him I was like what do you think about this and he goes well right now we're having it's the transgender thing now is not an issue like if you say that then that's not a disqualifier but they said what is the disqualifier is all the accompanying you know mental issues that almost yeah. every single I think he said 90 percent of them have and if you have these like you know depression anxiety all these things he said 90 percent of them have them sometimes it's the percentage is higher than that and they get taken down for that um, gender dysphoria is, is, is a mental issue. I mean, I'm, I'm sorry how you feel about it. It's a mental issue. Mm -hmm. um, it, what's ridiculous, and I'm kind of going off track here, but the military thing. Anyone that's ever tried to go into the military, um, you go through a medical screening. And this is a little TMI, but you're all in there basically naked, you know, and they go through and they're just looking for ways, anything medical thing they can look. They just kind of take a magnifying glass look for, looking for a way to disqualify you. And you'll see people drop out with the stupidest little stuff. Um, the military doesn't want to pay for the care for that. You know, they want to concentrate on war fighting. Now they're going to concentrate on helping them transition, even when they're already in, and keeping up with the medication they need, like the hormones and all that stuff. It's it's a world upside down. Right. It's absolutely I mean, ridiculous. It, it sounds like fiction. Well, really, we don't have a lot of time to talk about it, but there are parents of a non-binary autistic child that said the child at six years old said they wanted to be called they and considered themselves a boy-girl. Does this make any sense to you for a six-year-old to be able to say, I'm a boy-girl, and then the parents automatically go, well, we need to start referring to our child as they and no, going no. down that road? Because in the late 80s, early 90s, there was a movie called Kindergarten Cop. <laughs> There's a little boy in kindergarten that stands up and says, boys have a penis and girls have a <laughs> vagina. It's a classic scene Can't say that today. from a movie called <laughs> Kindergarten Cop. It was that elementary that we knew <laughs> in kindergarten, this is what it was, boys versus girls. We are now looking at our six-year-olds and saying, oh, you know, they, they might say they're a cat one day. Are we going to pretend now that like, okay, you're, you're a superhero, you're a cat, you're whatever you, you claim to be on this specific day. 
no, you're the adults in the room. And I'm sorry, but the kid didn't just come up with this idea out of nowhere. Well, that's what's interesting. They said that their son always preferred female characters when it came to action figures. He would watch fairy movies, draw dresses. Oh, the girls are hot but and then, all those things, then, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> but they said he would also then turn around and, and act like a boy other days. And they said, you know, there's, there's lots of ways to be a boy and lots of ways to be a girl. So now they've started putting this child in special needs camps and spend a lot of time explaining non-binary to the curious and attending non-binary meetups to further their child's comfort level with the announcement. What kind of long-term damage, you know, you were talking about this being a mental issue. What kind of long-term damage do you think this is going to do to this child because the parents are really feeding into it and encouraging it? Oh, well, the data is out there and considerable long-term permanent damage, uh, all kinds of mental issues. Uh, what happens if they continue this, go further with it, and they actually do some kind of transition? And then when he's 18, is like, what, what, what the heck's going on? Um, I t I, a famous family story, I used to tie uh, Nintendo controllers to my waist with a cord dangling in the back, and I told everybody I was a robot. Um, clearly. Yeah, clearly. Yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, good thing they didn't transition me to like a cyborg or something like that, right? Because I said, Mom, I'm a robot. Um, the point is, and you made the point as well, is kids right. say they're all kinds of crap yeah. all the time. I was right. it's, it's, a <laughs> it's so stupid. Uh, yeah, and I agree with you uh, when you said that, I, uh, that this didn't come from nowhere. No, this probably came from his parents because they didn't know what the heck that is, mm -hmm. right? No, no, no. His, 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 I'm, I'm sure, I don't know for a fact, but I'm sure his parents are probably activists on this, or even if they're not, you can't even turn the TV on now or even watch shows because they're injecting it nonstop into every single TV show, commercial, everything. I mean, what is the, um, the cases of gender dysphoria, you know, even 20 years ago were basically nothing. Now they're skyrocketing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because it's getting thrust onto everybody on right. purpose. It's like the, the trendy, cool new thing. All right, we've got to go to break. We'll be right back. Stick around. Yeah, it's really interesting how you know, something gains popularity and then everyone starts thinking about If you're a woman or a person of color and you've always wanted to be a pilot, this is good news for you. Uh, United Airlines says that it wants 50% of their pilots trained in the next decade to be women or people of color. So they want to increase that. They said our flight deck should reflect the diverse group of people on board our planes every day. That's why we plan for 50% of the 5,000 pilots we train in the next decade to be women or people of color. This got a lot of criticism uh, on Twitter with people saying, you know, hiring people based on race and gender rather than on talent can be dangerous. But United followed up that criticism by saying all the highly qualified candidates we accept into the academy, regardless of race or sex, will have met or exceeded the standards we set for admittance. So by saying that, does this mean they were discriminating before this time? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I would think so. I would, I would think that they have been for a while. So sorry, Jason, by the way, you're out. You, uh, have, you have no shot. So if it's my backup plan, if you're a white male in this country, like you had better start your own business because I don't know who is going to be hiring you down the road. Hillary and I, we, we still have a chance, Small if, we, chance. if we want to be pilots, but yeah, it's, it's going to be shrinking mm -hmm. as we continue on in life. But it's just one of those things where, I think it was Cigna a couple weeks ago, they had a story where um, they knew that it was a male 
uh, that was applying for a job and they were like, no, you can't hire him because he's a white male. And it's just spreading from healthcare now at airlines. You're going to see it all over the place. It's like, if you're a white male, again, like, what are you going to do in the country in the future? How is this going to help us as a country? Right. That's what I remember. I mean, that's probably the first thing that goes through your mind, you know, while the plane is about to crash. You know, you're saying your prayers. Like, I wonder what the pigment uh, <laughs> of the skin of the people that's flying is right now. And what are their private parts like? Well, you know, like, hmm, like, yeah, uh, this, this is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> maybe they're robots. Yeah, maybe they're robots. Uh, absolutely ridiculous, uh, especially, so there's this thing that uh, Glenn's been talking about over the past month or so, but he's been, like, calling out ESG scores, environment, social, and governance. And you're seeing some of these companies, like Coca-Cola, um, they make a very sugary drink. Um, it's delicious, but I'm not really going to drink it anymore, I don't think. Um, like airlines, Delta, United, all, they're making all these big social justice stands out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> uh, like Coca-Cola doesn't, I mean, I'm sure like you're probably, you wouldn't think they would get a good ESG score just based on their business model. Um, you wouldn't think that United would get a good ESG score because they're not very em- environmentally, you know, uh, you know, I don't know, productive or whatever. It's uh, how many metric tons of carbon do they release every single year in their planes? No, they know that they would get a low score. So what they're doing now is they're compensating. They're compensating on the S part of it. And like, well, how socially woke and awesome can we be? So they're making these huge grand gestures right now because they know the hammer's about to drop. These standards are going into effect right now. And and companies, uh, financial institutions, banks, they're going to be graded on how woke they are, how environmentally, you know, uh, uh, you know, mm-hmm. responsive they are. They know this is coming down the pipe. They know, they know they're going to be held accountable. So you're seeing all of them come out now and do this. That's what this is all about. Jason, I don't know about you, but I think the country is better since we've all gone woke. I mean, there's so much <laughs> unity. Everybody's getting along. I know. It's going so well with everybody going woke. So I don't see why we can't just keep this up and accelerate it even That's more. a beautiful thing. Isn't yeah. Good point. Yeah, well, I, I held hands with 12 people on the way to work. That's how, <laughs> that's how unified I was. Well, it's going really well in Georgia, too. I mean, all of this is working so well for them. Uh, But President Joe Biden, he did refuse to call for the Masters tournament to leave Georgia after he pushed for Major League Baseball to boycott the state. We have a clip. Uh, He just said, you know, that he finds it reassuring these big companies are speaking out against Georgia's new Jim Crow laws. (laughs) But he also said, you know, this can hurt people. Let's let's take a listen to the clip. It is reassuring to see that uh, for-profit operations and businesses are speaking up about how these new Jim Crow laws are just antithetical to who we are. There's another side to it, too. The other side to it, too, is when they, in fact, move out of Georgia, the people who need the help the most, people who are making hourly wages, sometimes get hurt the most. I think it's a very tough decision for a corporation to make or group to make. But I respect them when they make that judgment and I support whatever judgment they make. But it's the best way to deal with this is for Georgia and other states to smarten up. He speaks so quickly, I can't keep up. (laughs) Um, So last week, President Biden did endorse the idea of the MLB moving its all-star game out of Atlanta, saying, you know, he would strongly support that move. But then two days after his public endorsement of the Georgia boycott, MLB Commissioner Rob Manfred announced that the league's decision was to follow through with his wishes. But Holly Quinlan, she's president and CEO of Cobb Travel and Tourism. 
She said Georgia's tourism industry will take at least a $100 million hit in lost business due to the MLB moving its events. Does this make any sense to you? No. Then that $100 million is, that's that's minimum, I would say. Uh, I remember when the Super Bowl came here. Um, it's that's I guess that's uh, that's a lot more obviously, but you don't even you don't really understand like the impact until you've actually seen it. Like one of these events been in your city, like uh, bars had cases and cases and pile, pile, piles of uh, beer on standby because they knew the masses were going to start to come in. There's tons. You got to think about all the money they've already spent that will now go wasted because of this. So over a hundred million dollars has just been ripped out of this community. Who do you think that affects the most? Who do you think that affects the most? Mm-hmm. The workers that are working, like the minimum wage jobs, stuff like that, that affects the people that are, you know, the disenfranchised, the people are really struggling right now. That's who that affects yeah. the and most. And after a year of all of those people counting on things like this right. to kind of make up for everything they lost oh, last man. year during the pandemic. So, Jill, do you think that Biden actually expected MLB to move the All-Star game when he was encouraging it? Or do you think he was just kind of like a publicity move there? No, I think he thought that they would because... This is what the corporations are getting behind. They need to be woke. They need to know and, and be on record now that this is how we stand and, and what we expect moving forward. So when you hear the president of the United States come out and say that, why would you not follow suit? But I'm glad that he said that we are not moving the masters any longer. One, it's this week. So that would have been a little difficult to do to find something to replace the masters. And also, if it's Sunday of the masters and it's anywhere else besides Augusta, you don't have Amen Corner. And then it's not the Masters anymore. Jim Nance always says it's a tradition unlike any other. And we're keeping that one. I don't care what Biden says, the Masters is going to be there and all this news story, it's going to blow over. It's not going to be a problem next year. That's what they're counting on. I think they got the benefit of the doubt because it happens so close to their start time that mm-hmm. there is nothing that they could do. So they were like, all right, we're 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 just going to weather this storm. Yeah. And I will say that, you know, as people are suffering now in Georgia over this or are going to because this because this lunacy happened it's all because they're trying to again use this as leverage some stupid leverage based off of a lie um attributing this to jim crow laws okay first of all that's stupid that's ludicrous that's dumb that but makes no sense who's gonna no go one's gonna look in, it up and say no. oh no it's not well no one's obviously no one's doing their homework on this at all because no, no one's obviously read any of the any any of the uh any of their voting laws no one's read about what's what's actually in it so basically they're just making sure that you have an id there's other stupid little things that mean nothing that they tried to make an issue of, like eating in line or something like that. You can't have but, water. But this is basically about having an ID, which is something that I think 80% of Americans agree with. 80%. This, that goes across party lines to have an ID when you vote. I don't know about you, but I don't really care going state to state trying to figure out all of their voting laws, right? Like we're here in Texas. I care what Texas does now. But mm-hmm. Georgia, Colorado, New York... Do I care? No. Do I want to have this in the front headlines of the news every single day? No. This we are making issues. And again, I, I mm-hmm. see that this one, you know, there's there's reasons for it. But can we just get back to things that actually matter? Agreed. Yeah, politics is creeping into everything. I mean, why? Why sports? All right, so we've got to go to break. We've got more to come. Stay with us. Yeah, I Jim I'm glad that he backed off on the Masters. Because if that, if they just started tipping off one by one, I would be like, hey, okay. If you live in California, I have some good news for you. California is going to be lifting all the COVID-19 restrictions, except the mask mandate. So that's coming up on June 
15th, just in time for summer. Uh, Governor Gavin Newsom said at a press conference yesterday morning that we are, we'll be moving beyond the blueprint. We'll be getting rid of the colored tears. We'll be moving past the dimmer switch. That's on June 15th if we continue the good work. So he's saying everyone still needs to continue to wear face coverings, uh, continue to access vaccines, continue to administer vaccines in an equitable framework. But if everyone can keep that pace, they'll let everything open up again. This is pretty drastic considering Texas and Florida have been open for quite a while. And, you know, Fauci, he has no idea why Texas is going the way that it is and all of our numbers are going down. But I think it's funny, Hillary, that people start getting their freedoms back in a direct correlation with the governors and scandals or recalls mm -hmm. that keep coming out. Oh, oh, you're going to recall me? Go ahead. We're, we're going to open things back up, right? Like it was in the news yesterday that Caitlyn Jenner might be running as a Republican for the governorship of California. And it's like, man, Gavin Newsom needed needed a headline to take over that news cycle. So guess what? Everybody, you can go out and play again. Congratulations. Right. Yeah, the, the recall is exactly the reason why he's doing this. I, I think it was like it was like a week after they got the, the signatures. He announced that they were going to start uh, lifting some things. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I lived out there for like 16, 17 years. I still got a lot of family out there. They're not considered really conservative. They're pretty much on the left side of the spectrum. Love them all, though. But um, they pretty much said the same thing. Like, oh, the reason why he's doing this is because he's getting recalled. Right. Uh, this is not a surprise to anyone. If you live in, so L.A., I lived there for a long time. And a vast majority of the city is a lot, especially in the Valley, is a lot of mom and pop restaurants, businesses, stuff like that. They're the ones that had to suffer under this, right? And if you live, ever live in, in L.A. or you live there now, um, you kind of know that there's this caste system within the city. So you have a big kind of like mountain range or hill range. On the other side is like Beverly Hills, Bel Air, Hollywood. On the other side is the Icky Valley. You know what I mean? So you either you either the elites over here, a part of Hollywood, or you're in service to the ones that, that are, uh, you know, in Hollywood mm -hmm. and all that. Uh, the people that were in the Hollywood elites and all that stuff that lived over the hills didn't really affect you that much because they still let you go to work. Right. I remember there's that video where uh, there was that lady that was sobbing. She was a business owner and uh, she was showing video of that huge production. Y'all see that video? Yes. This is absolutely nuts. It's showing everything they could do. She had a business right across the street. So she pulled out all the tents and tables and stuff so they could eat out there. They didn't let her do it, but they let the Hollywood movie, mm -hmm. movie guys do it. Like they know exactly how they're treated out there. I hope this is starting to shine some light on California. We, we had Ronald Reagan was a governor from there and became, I mean, come on. Like, you can get back to that. Maybe this will start leading I the way. Hope, I hope June 15th, their economy just starts recovering and everything gets back on track. But boy, it's been a long time. Yeah. Real quickly, we just have a couple of minutes. Uh, CBS News defended its reporting on 60 Minutes that deceptively edited those comments uh, by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. They said, we requested and conducted interviews with dozens of sources and authorities involved. They said the idea that we ignored his perspective is untrue. We spoke on the record with uh, Palm Beach County Mayor David Kerner. For over 50 years, the facts reported by 60 Minutes have often stirred debate and prompted strong reactions. Our story Sunday night speaks for itself. So they basically doubled down and said, no, no, what we put out there was completely factual. Yeah, if we deny it, then who's going to question us again? That's it's one of those things where I look at this story and if you have some friends on the left that haven't seen, you know, Trump or that, you know, they didn't want to be a part of the discussion. This is a great learning opportunity 
show them the unedited video and then show them what 60 Minutes put out and then show that they're trying to get away with it and say, no, there's nothing to see here, guys. Just keep going on with your daily lives. I think this is one of those moments, like you're saying, if you're going to start bringing people back, this is one of those opportunities that you can do so. Mm -hmm. I said before that we have to concentrate on some of the big cultural issues and the, the bigger problems right now, the real problems, and the media is definitely one of them. Uh, they, if, and in many cases, they are the enemy of the people right now, stirring up crap, blatantly lying about stuff. We had a Governor Northam in, in Virginia. Uh, he was either wearing blackface or he was wearing a KKK outfit. He, that was never clarified, and the media didn't care to push him on it. And they just completely let him go and forgot about it. That's forgotten right now. They would never do that to a Republican. It's so clear that they're just coming after the right. They're coming after conservatives, coming after Republicans. Um, and this, I mean, every Democrat that was involved in this scandal came out and defended DeSantis. Yep. So they, they're doubling down on their research when the people are saying, well, no, this is what actually, how, what research were you doing? I, I cannot believe, they got caught red-handed yeah. trying yeah. to spin a narrative is what happened. And the funny thing is the rest of the media, the, the, I hate even calling them mainstream anymore because they aren't, they aren't mainstream. Um, but the rest of the legacy media, they're going to just go right along with it because they're all in on it. Mm -hmm. They were doing the whole deny until you die tactic. Just like, no, it was all perfectly factual. Do you think that they're going after DeSantis because they think he's going to run in 2024? Absolutely. You have to, you know, do whatever you can now to weaken him because he's only going to grow stronger. And from this, he has gotten so much stronger because the Democrats in Florida have seen the dishonesty as well. So I, I think it's going to backfire for yeah. sure. I agree. And not only that, but he is like pretty much the symbol of freedom in the face of this pandemic. Mm -hmm. And he was proven right. Mm -hmm. That's why they have to go after him. Not, not only because he's going, he probably should run. If he's not thinking about it, you better run. Um, but even if, even if he doesn't, he is the guy that said, look, conservative principles worked. Freedom worked. We're doing just fine. We're doing better than California, better than New York, all these other places that are progressive hellholes. Um, but yeah, he is the symbol. So you guarantee they're going to come after him even harder. Maybe he needs to write a book. Maybe he needs to write a book. <laughs> How great he did. <laughs> Only this one would be true, I guess. Right. <laughs> All right. So we're going to go to break. But yeah, I hope he runs in 2024, too. All right. We'll be right back. Yeah, he's one of the few people that stuck to his guns the whole way through, which I think is so You know what we love here at News & Why? We love when you go and you rate and review our podcast. So wherever you listen to your podcast, please go subscribe, rate, review. I want to read a couple of our reviews lately. One said, I love coming home from work and watching your show. It makes living in this upside down world we are unbearable. So keep up the good work. Love you all. And then another person wrote, love this show. I set an alarm on my watch so I never miss an episode. Great balance between all guests and so much knowledge thrown out by all Thank you, Sweet Pea Girl 92 and Silly Me 19836532 for your reviews. We really appreciate those. We would love to have more of them, so please do that. And I want to thank Jill. Thanks for being here today. If people want to know more about you, follow you, where can they go? Uh, on Twitter, Jill underscore Savage is probably the best place. Awesome, Jill Savage. All right, Jason Buttrell, if people want to know more about you. At Jason Butchell on Twitter. And your tweets are some good stuff. Fire. All right, so we only have about a minute left. I want to get some thoughts on this story very quickly. Vladimir Putin, he signed a law that would allow him to run for two additional terms, basically giving the power to make himself president for life. Any thoughts on this? 
Of course he did. <laughs> Putin is one of those interesting characters, right? He doesn't care what anybody else is saying. He's always going to have that era of authority around him. And I have to say, he has to be loving the Biden administration right now. <laughs> yeah. yes. Do you think this is something we need to worry about, Jason? No, uh, they put too much stock in who the, pro the pro uh, president of Russia is or the leader. It's always going to be the same. It's not going to be any different if it was Putin or somebody else. They'll all act the same way. They have to be this big cultist personality. Uh, they have to be a strong arm and authoritarian. It's going to be the same, no matter what. It's really interesting. He's 68 years old. He's the longest serving Kremlin leader since Joseph Stalin held power. So because they usually have a coup and get rid of the, the one, yeah. which could still happen. Actually. Yeah, he said he's still trying. He's going to decide at a later date if he's going to run in 2024. But I don't know. Just more shirtless horse photos. I, I'm all in on that. Campaign poster. I am. He loves those shirtless photos. <laughs> all right, thanks guys for watching. So funny. That should just be his, all of his campaign material. <laughs> thanks for listening to the news and why it matters. We hope you enjoyed the podcast. If you'd like to watch the program, become a Blaze TV subscriber and start your free trial now at blazetv.com.